0: Coming to you worldwide from MegaWare Kill Studios. Hey, 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 what's going on, Bass Edge Nation? Happy to be back for our September one show, man, episode number four oh seven. Just rolling through them right here. Man, it's been a uh, it's been a wild summer, a great uh last couple of events over the last two weeks it all went down in the elite series real fast but man um, some great professional events obviously in the sport of professional bass fishing that's what we're talking about right here on Bass Edge Radio bringing you obviously thoughts recent happenings always featuring a outstanding angler in our spotlight segment uh, bringing you some of The best education in the bassin business, man. Bass Edge brought to you obviously in partnership with MegaWare Keel Guard. Keel Guard providing your boat with protection from grinding salt, abrasive rocks, and concrete boat ramps. Don't go or be without a keel guard on your boat. And later on, make sure you cruise over to keelguard.com. They have a ton of other, uh, not a ton, but several other. Uh, Really important boat accessories you need to, uh, you know, certainly consider putting on your boat, like the Flex Step, uh, the Skeg Guard, uh, Battery Guard, and um, the Bow Guard. Just so many great things, so be sure to look over at KeelGuard.com for the rest of those products that are available from KeelGuard. Wow. Fun-filled last couple weeks, particularly... Uh, pretty much only the Bassmaster Elite Series was on the table. Uh, if you didn't catch last episode, we talked about the final of the Bass Pro Tour and uh, several other events. The Toyota Series that was on Thousand Islands uh, several weeks back. But, but this episode, man, we're breaking down uh, the Champlain event. First, then we're going to break down a little bit of the St. Lawrence River event, which was the final Elite Series event. Kind of talk about some of those things that went on. But uh Bass Elite Stop number eight of nine at Lake Champlain, man, it was filled with some of the largest bags we have ever seen come out of that venue. And every angler in the top 10 over four days eclipsed 80 pounds total. Absolutely unbelievable, man. A 20-pound average on Champlain. Now, we've seen lots of 20-pound bags at Lake Champlain, but averaging 20 pounds over a four-day period, not done so much. Uh, last year in 2022, there was a Toyota Series event where there were several anglers that eclipsed that 80-pound mark over a four-day period. But, uh, man, with 10, all top 10 anglers, uh, could have been more if there were more anglers fishing four days, but but uh, pretty, pretty phenomenal. Um, a young Japanese pro Koya Fujita won the event over 86 pounds, uh, straight smallies, and um, that was Koya's fourth top 10 of the year. He's a rookie on the Bassmaster Elite Series, has won several AOI titles over in Japan, so not you know, there was a lot of hype behind this young angler coming into the Elite Series. But, man, you know, coming from a different culture, he's only here fishing for about a year. He qualified in his first year fishing through the uh, Open Division to qualify for the Elites. But, uh, boy, that that guy's just on fire. We'll talk a little bit more about how on fire he is later on. But uh, the event was dominated there at Champlain with Ford Face and Sonar. Basically everybody in the top 10. I would be willing to bet a vast majority of the top 25 forward-facing sonar anglers basically targeting smallmouth suspended over 15 upwards of 50 foot of water moving around on bait balls and some of them just kind of loner fish that they would see with that forward-facing sonar um, primarily targeting them with a jig head just basically a real simple uh, small ball jig with with a minnow style bait on the back and um man just catching fish out in the middle of nowhere In a lot of cases just you know kind of fanning with their trolling motor looking with that forward-facing sonar and finding those fish out there um there were some pretty cool stats buried deep in some of the Bassmaster site the day one angler bag of 104 anglers five fish limit was 16 pounds point set 16.7 pounds um so I believe that was in decimal. So just over 16 and a half pounds, 16 and a half being obviously 16.5. But the uh, day two average bag, 17.6. So just over 17 and a half pounds for an average for the entire field. Dude, that's some pretty darn good bassin right there on Champlain, especially in the month of August. So um, day one, the weights were most likely lighter because – difficult weather conditions it was a windy windy day and uh, laid down a little bit I i don't want to say it laid down it calmed down just a little bit for day two so that some of those weights went up man in my mind one of the most impressive performances in this stop number eight was from kyle welcher uh kyle welcher brandon cobb battling it out for the angler of the year um obviously they have one more event after this lake champlain tournament but uh the the points race was real tight. I think Cobb was up by like a point or two going into Lake Champlain. Welcher had a pretty rough day. He had 16 pounds the first day. Cobb had like 18, so Cobb kind of jumped ahead. But man, when you're catching 16, a little bit less than the average uh, for every angle, had to put the pressure on Kyle. And man, did this kid, I mean, Welcher delivered, right? Uh, Kyle came back, weighed in 21 pounds on day two and 20 pounds on day three, ended up taking a slim lead for the overall AOI heading into the final event there at St. Lawrence. But the reason I was so impressed with that and and Cobb did a great job too. Cobb had a better day on day two. I think he went from eighteen to twenty pounds, but then he kinda slid back into that sixteen pound day on day three, whereas Welcher just kinda kept growing and getting a little bit stronger and, and catching twenty plus pounds those those final two days. But um, you know, it it was it was just um you know how he overcame some of that adversity that first day for Kyle um I over, overall felt like you could see in the live coverage the persona of Kyle really coming out with a, a big killer instinct um, trying to take this title for himself uh Cobb was um you know fishing very hard obviously but but um I I just really felt like Kyle had that killer instinct especially how he he you know had a little bit of a frustrating day on day one, but um, Champlain man, it was a ton- fun fun event to watch. A lot going on. So uh, Koya wins that tournament. He's also in a fight for Rookie of the Year. So we moved to the final event of the Elite Series Uh, just last week, stop number nine on the St. Lawrence River, and they've just been catching giant weights there. All kinds of storylines, of course, developing. You had the A.O.Y. race between Brandon Cobb, Kyle Welcher. Kyle went in with a little bit of lead. You had the Rookie Angler of the Year race between uh, Joey Safuentes, who was leading that um, Angler of the Year race, and Koya, who was really... Putting the pressure on after just winning that Champlain tournament. Also, a couple other storylines. Guys fighting for that classic berth here at that last event on St. Lawrence. As well as re-qualifying for the 2024 Elite Series. Well, the two guys I felt like take some of the biggest risks uh, really won out on this. The first one was uh, Patrick Walters. Patrick won the event. 105 pounds. We're going to break that out a little bit. Dude, 20 Six pound four ounce average for for Walters. Unbelievable. A five-pound four ounce average bass being brought to the scales by Patrick throughout the entire event. Then of course Welcher man took the risk on a big run. Him and him and Walters fishing pretty close to one another, probably about forty-five miles outside of Clayton, toward the lake, up on that Canadian side. And um Welcher got it done in three days. Had 25 pounds day one, 27 pounds day two, 25 plus on day three. And he locked up that AOI race right there after day three. Cobb played... Played it strong. You know, he went to his strong suit. He's been to St. Lawrence several times. Kind of stayed in that mouth of the river zone. Um, Had a really good bag on day one and two. But, man, just the the pressure that that Welcher put on with those, you know, monster mid-20 sacks consistently back-to-back three times. Won him the Angler of the Year. And the Rookie of the Year came down to a one-point margin Koya Fujita putting the pressure on Joey Su- uh, But Joey caught just enough smallmouth bass. He's had some really good events on the St. Lawrence River in the past. It looked like he kind of stayed true to some of those areas where he's had success in the past, being at the mouth of that river where the lake comes in. A lot of big bass always caught there. Joey finished a very respectable 17th place to hold off that hard-charging Koya Fujita, uh, who after winning Champlain came and finished Third place right there on the St. Lawrence in that final event. But uh, now we're excited. We're going to have Joey on the show, the BASS Rookie of the Year. Uh, man, it, it's Joey Fuentes being on the show is going to be a lot of fun. Um, he's going to come up right after this short break. But before we get to Joey um, highlighting his successful year and winning two of the BASS Elite events this year, uh, we're, we're going to get in some more of some of his hishing, fishing activities History as well as uh, kind of break down that cowboy nickname. If you've been watching the Elite Series, you've been you've been seeing them calling them the cowboy. So we're going to dive into that a little bit as well, kind of get a little background. But before we get to that, man, I've got to mention in this Saint Lawrence event, and the largest bag ever caught of smallies by a single angler. I've seen thirty-pound bags caught on the Saint Lawrence River in team events, but uh, not from a single of uh, you know individual. First time I've seen this, certainly this is the largest bag ever caught in the Elite Series uh, up there on the St. Lawrence in the history of bass, the, the largest five bass limit of smallmouth, period, in the history of bass, 29 pounds, 5 ounces. they held up these fish throughout the stage it was so cool to see if you haven't seen it go back to bassmaster.com look up uh brian smith and 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 you're going to be able to see that but uh man brian had a just a redonkulous first day didn't quite wasn't able to kind of back it up really strong the next two days still had a solid performance but man what a day what a freaking day 29.5 as for classic bursts, man, I just want to mention uh, the angler with probably the most on the line. Well, everybody's got something on the line, but from a from a uh, interest perspective, Jason Christie grew up there around Grand Lake in Oklahoma, which is where the two thousand twenty four Bassmaster Classic is going to take place. He sneaks in. He didn't have a great last couple of events, but he snuck in to qualifying for the, that 2024 Classic there on Grand Lake, undoubtedly uh, going to become a favorite to win his second Classic in 2024 there on Grand Lake. Um, as for anglers looking to keep their elite cards for 2024, which is that other storyline I mentioned, and we're just going to ha- kind of have to wait and see what that final field of, of returners looks like, um, rookie anglers how that's going to come come to fruition. We're going to look, um, obviously, at 2024 with the Opens Elite Qualification Series going to be ending up here. They still have three events, three events left in that series. Uh, Watts Bar is going to be coming up uh, here in the middle of September. So we're going to talk about that next episode. But uh, we're going to do a little bit of preview for that here at the end of the show. Um, man, I got to say, these guys, a little bit of emotion uh, you could tell some guys that were kind of on the line, a little bit of a, emotion going into, uh, you know, trying to requalify. Man, this is not an easy game. I, I've been there myself a few times. Been in and out of the elite series twice, so I, I get it. Uh, one time by my own admission, one time by by points, but. Man, all of us and these anglers—they put their heart and soul into getting into the elite series. They have a lot of success just to get there. You got to be successful just to get there yourself and and have some achievements. But man, if you don't quite get the results once you get to that national level on the elite series, or you know, even let's say the Bass Pro Tour, for example, um, competition can get the best of us sometimes. Uh, most. Will probably continue the journey and become continuously better anglers and uh, kind of keep that fight alive. Man, it's 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 all for the crazy love of this game, bass fishing. But uh, I tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna um, get ready to roll out of here after this opening segment. Um, we're gonna have uh, the Bass Rookie of the Year getting ready to come onto the line. But um, Bass Edge still coming to you from here, here in the hills of Western PA, um, and it's going to be cool talking to Joey the Sepuentes, the Bass Rookie of the Year. Right after this message, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so choose the protection the pros pick. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. The Megaware Keel Guard is made tough and made to stick. Install it yourself in less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted protection for your boat. Guaranteed for life. Insist on the original Keelguard the pros have picked for 25 years. Megaware Keelguard. A rush of tournament adrenaline. Nitro, the choice of champions, where performance meets play. Nitro, a big water beast, a pure fishing machine. Nitro, release the champion within all right all right here we go welcome back to bass edge radio and we are set for our feature angler spotlight you see him right there on the screen your 2023 bass elite series rookie of the year man i've been wanting to say this the cowboy joey swinton <laughs> man it's great to have you on the show joey
1: yeah man uh appreciate you having me on man this is uh a phenomenal season, and I I couldn't think of a better way to end it, you know, getting that rookie of the year. uh, It was definitely on my goals, and it was stressful. I'm gonna tell you, this the rookie class this year was was unbelievable. So, thanks for having me
0: on. Absolutely, so glad you could be here, and you're exactly right, man. This rookie class was straight insanity, quite honestly. I mean, (laughs) take yourself. We're we're gonna get into that a little bit, but two wins, two elite series wins. Obviously, rookie of the year, you had a Koya Fujita, five freaking top tens, five. Five. Yeah. That's insane. Insane. But, uh, and, and then, you know, not to mention several other anglers, uh, Will Davis won. Um, we could go all the way down the rookie list and just, and just look at some phenomenal dudes. But Joey, let's, let's talk about your journey a little bit. Let's think back to, uh, <clears throat> January this year. Um, Man, you kind of dabbled in the opens in 2022. You can, you kind of look at where you were fishing in 22. You weren't like all in with bass, like, man, I'm going to be this uh, Elite Series guy. Looked like you just kind of threw some opens into the schedule. You were fishing the uh, MLF Pro Circuit, um, had a great year, but man, you know, in, in the MLF Pro Circuit that year as well in 2022, but uh, man, you qualify for the Elite Series in the Southern Division. Um, all of a sudden, you make make you make a choice to to go fish the Bassmaster Elite Series for 2023. Man, um, what is the process to move to bass? Uh, what was was that an original goal? Was it a, a something that you had you know calculated, thought about, or was it just something that kind of happened? And what then were you most excited and anticipating going into the 2023 season on the Elite Series?
1: Yeah, so. Um you know with everything that happened at mlf i mean there was you know fishing the once flw tour and then we you know the 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 split happened major league fishing purchased that i kind of got pushed down there to the tackle warehouse pro circuit a little bit still a great series to fish um and yeah i mean i always had aspirations one day to to fish on the elite series or a big professional tour you know either mlf or are um are are the elite series and i just i felt like um i you know there was rumors things were going to be changing we, it was in pay you know and different things like that right. so i thought i thought it was a right move and time for me to try and um if i can try and get in the elite series uh fishing those opens and um also it's at the same time trying to get in the the uh, bpt tour um you know hopefully finishing you know top 10 of the points or whatever to get in there but but yeah so I just took the I took the chance to fish the the opens that year I I was really I I had a lot of confidence I've been doing well I felt good about it and you know fortunately I I uh, qualified you know there and um had some (laughs) that was that was a fun season there but but yeah and then and then getting into the elites man um I didn't really know what to expect because it's so prestigious to me, like in the competition level is, is phenomenally good, obviously. So I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but you know, like that first tournament at Okeechobee getting in there and making a top 20 finish this year just gave me a ton of confidence. Like, Hey, I, I belong here. Um, I know I can compete with these guys, you know, and it, and it could have went the other way. I could have could have bombed that tournament, you know, and and the year would have been completely different, right. maybe. But, um, so yeah, I didn't really know what to expect, but I think I fit in pretty good.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, you fit in really well. You know, you look at the schedule when it comes out and you qualify to fish this schedule. You know, your history fishing FLW, fishing MLF. Man, a lot of these venues were like. You had to be a little bit, just a little bit like, ooh, I like this schedule. I've been to these places at these times and, um, you know, kind of had some comfortability with the venues um, moving into this 2023 season.
1: Yeah, I actually, it's funny because um, Seminole was one of the only southern lakes that I was actually excited about because – and, and it was only the third time I'd ever fished a lake, but the the first time uh, we were there with the tour, I didn't do well, but I really liked the lake. I liked the way it's set up. It's got a lot of timber in it. Like it just, it's got giant fish and the grass and, um, the, I fished a Toyota series there and, um, I top ten that and I really learned the lake a lot better in that tournament and I got some confidence in it. And so... Um, I just had confidence going to the Seminole, man, like, hey, this is going to be a tournament that I think I could do pretty well at if I can find them. And and there you go. You know, I won that one. And then, of course, um, there were there were spots on the schedule, too, that I wasn't as comfortable with. Never been to Santee Cooper. I've never done well at Murray. I need I need to do some work there. Right. Um, and those were my kind of low points of the season. But. I knew this northern swing. I, for some reason, I have a little success on the smallmouth fishing. you, you and, get
0: along with them brown fish, really. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I was excited, really excited that we've got, you know, St. Clair and love it. I, I think I've had a couple top tens on that place um, prior to this. Um, and then, and then Champlain, same with that. And same with the St. Lawrence River, man. So I was excited.
0: All right. So let, let's, let's, Perfect setup because of that schedule really kind of lays into you. Like you said, it, it wasn't you know like a nine for nine. Oh, we're gonna hit a home run, but but it was right. pretty strong, pretty strong. The moment you begin the Elite Series competition, does it feel different than than um, the emotions and excitement that you had fishing the FLW Tour or the MLF Pro Circuit? I mean, is is the you know does it feel the same? Are you more hyped up? Do you feel like I'm like a renewed angler, even though you've been fishing on the national tour for like four or five years, essentially.
1: You know, I, I, I honestly had a, you know, I was pretty calm about it. Like it was, it was definitely, there was a little extra nervousness there. There's no doubt. Like, cause I mean, you're sitting here looking at, you know, all these huge name guys, Gerald Swindle and Mike Iconelli and 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 all those guys you know just hammers and like you're sitting here thinking like man i'm fishing against these guys like this is (laughs) this is unreal but you know that experience i had the last four or five years fishing you know against like you know some pretty really big name guys before they moved off to mlf i mean that really helped me out so i was i was calm about it man i was i just kind of you know i told myself hey this is just any other bass tournament that i fished and that's the way i looked at it and and uh worked out
0: so uh you know, I've, I've heard in some other e- interviews, you know, like goals coming in the season. Everybody wants to make the Classic. Uh, you had mentioned you've worked the Classic before, knew it was a freaking monster event. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and so you were excited to uh, potentially, you know, gain, gain some entry there throughout the year. Uh, but in Vent two, you already mentioned it. You get the W at Seminole. Um, you had a top five there. Wasn't it just the top ten? Yet a top five there, 2001 in a Toyota Series event. I'll bet a little t- different time frame that was in May, but yeah. um, rolling into Seminole, did you did you kind of know where Joey was headed? Like that spring, that mouth of Spring Creek area, always a very famous area, particularly in this kind of winter time, early you know, late you know that pre spawn zone. It's always been really good. You, you had a uh, FLW Tour event there, actually. I think it was in the one that Brian Nin- Ademir won. 19, 19,
1: I think it was, yeah. Yeah,
0: 2019. So you've kind of dabbled in that same time frame again. Going into it, you had confidence, obviously. You said you only been there three times just a minute ago in the interview. But but uh, how did you end up winding up with a spinning rod in your hand? Not not to say that it's uncommon at Seminole, but uh, – is that just a comfortability level that you have with that finesse fishing deal? Is that why you get along so good with smallmouth too?
1: Yeah, I mean the the first fishing rod that I and mostly that I fished with was a kid was a spinning rod. Now it was a little different. It was uh, saltwater fishing. I I actually grew up in Florida, and um and so I, I did a lot of saltwater. F- did I lose yeah. nah, oh, you? I'm dealing. back. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I, my screen went weird. Um, but anyway, so really comfortable. F- Finesse fishing and, um, got into, uh, Seminole, you know, looking for that. Well, it just so happened. I mean, where the fish were at and, and, and what I was doing, you know, particularly with the drop shot, it was just, it just fit perfect. So, um, and, and I learned, you know, I was taught to, uh, starting out with, by Larry Nixon. I mean, he's, he's known to be a, I mean, he's a worm guy fish offshore, but he was kind of later in his career, he did a lot of finesse fishing too. So, um, well, that was
0: like the FLW tour deal when it, like it used to be the shaky head tour.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, I, I picked up a lot of really good finesse techniques and stuff from him, um, but I don't know, man. I mean, th- those fish, the way they were and where they were. Um, and, you know, you got to think now, nowadays, like the fish just have a lot more pressure too. So I think that's why you see a lot of the Japanese guys uh, excel and, and do really well in this sport and people that finesse fish is because, you know, it takes that to catch them sometimes. And you, I don't, I don't want to throw a bait by a fish that I – could have thought maybe I could have caught that on a on a drop shot or something finesse. Maybe it would have bit right. that. So I just assumed put the spinning rod in my hand the whole time. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. You know, confidence yeah. is confidence, and and you got to get bites. You know, to to figure yeah. out where the fish are. If you ain't getting bites, yeah, it's telling you a little bit, but not as much as when you're getting bites, right? Right. All right. Uh, you win on St. Clair, dude. Um, you take command of the rookie of the year standings. First, you know, a- after that seminal event, you you had to your confidence had to be freaking through the roof, right? I mean, did you just <laughs> yeah. feel like like, all right, nobody can touch me now. I'm gonna go whoop some butt, and and then you go in the next two events though, and <sighs> yeah, little, little shaky,
1: yeah, a little shaky there. Um, I I did, I felt good. Um, I, I I really expected at some point in my career, I didn't think it was gonna be my first. Um, year on the elite series but um I felt like it was uh, I had enough confidence that I could get a win at some point you know like you, uh, been I just
0: knocking on the door a little bit
1: yeah yeah sure. I'd been knocking on the door I think uh, you know I blew a tournament I should have won on the St. Lawrence River the yep. year before um uh I blew a tournament on that that's that that year I fished the opens um and, and I was just like, man, I'm there, you know, like if I can just get through this last day competition hurdle, like get this thing done. So anyways, felt good. Um, and then, yeah, I mean you, it's, it's bass fishing. Like you, you're going to go to places sometimes where it doesn't work out. I mean, it's, it just doesn't matter how, how high you are, you know, feeling confident. Like you're, it's, it's a very humbling sport and going into Murray. It's funny cause I didn't really have a lot of high hopes for that place. Um, just because it's, it's herring fishing is something that I do not get to do very much because I live in Arkansas. We do not have, we do not have herring. Now I fish those, those fisheries several times, but it's sure. just always been some, something I haven't been able to figure out. So, um, I think me not feeling confident in it is why I didn't do as good there. I mean, a hundred percent, I mean, mentally, and yeah, mentally, I mean, this, this sport is so mental. So, Um, Yeah, I was kind of down there, but um, I just put it behind me, stayed positive. Um, Santee Cooper was a kind of a slip too. You know, uh, I finished just outside the cut there and, um, but you know, new places I hadn't been really that much. So I just put it behind me and said, Hey, we're going to, we're just going to keep fishing hard and, and see what happens.
0: Sure, sure you had already won a tournament. I mean, dude, uh, things were still yeah. good, even though they were bad, right? <laughs> right, right, yeah, absolutely. Right. So uh, you kind of progress through the year. You're idling out on St. Clair, last day of the tournament. Uh, you've got an opportunity to, you know, win again. You, you know this going through into this last day. How does it change your feeling, final day St. Clair, because of your success at Seminole?
1: Can you repeat that question one more time? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, my well, phone, you know, my phone keeps going like really weird. I don't know if it's because uh, I'm sitting in my truck, it's getting hot or something. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to turn okay. it on. Anyways, sorry about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, no problem. So, you know, you won the Seminole event. So, I'm really trying to understand the mental aspect when you're idling out at Saint Clair. Uh, you, you've, you slay the dragon at Seminole, you know, that you've kind of gotten away from from those hiccups that you had there that you mentioned earlier on the St. Lawrence in a previous event and open in a previous one event where you th- really thought you could close the door on those. And um, now you have closed the door at Seminole. You're idling out at St. Clair. Chance to close the door again. What does that do to your mental focus and and just esteem? Now that you've closed Deer Seminole De- and you have another chance to do it at St. Clair,
1: you know you're you're going into that last day like when at St. Clair, you just have um, you don't have the pressure. I mean, it's really that simple. Like, um, and, and of course, I didn't have the lead, you know, going into the last right. day at St. Clair, but but that that Seminole tournament really it was they were two separate tournaments i mean completely different like yeah. i've got guys behind me i got a four pound lead <laughs> and that's the tournaments that i had blown before you know really i mean i had a seven i had a seven pound lead on the saint lawrence river which is yeah. unheard ofly huge and i blew that um and the pressure got to me i'm not gonna lie i'll be the first person to tell you i just i just did things i never would have normally done i freaked out i spun out i went and fished other places so so when I got so so uh, Seminole was, you know, okay, I was completely different mindset, learned from that tournament, but but I got that done. St. Clair, I'm sitting right there, maybe a pound or whatever it was back in whatever place, I can't remember second or, or whatnot, going into that last one that last day. I just didn't have the pressure or nothing. I was just like, hey, whatever happens here, I know I've got a good area. The weather was ideal 100 the last day it was super calm i could i could live scope effectively to see those fish to catch because they were buried up in the grass and stuff there and you really need to be able to see well so i knew i had a chance like to catch a really big bag and take the thing home you know um yeah. but not as not as much pressure and when you have that win already in the season you're like you're just at ease man i mean it, yeah. you're you're good with whatever out, outcome comes and when you have that freedom and and you don't have that pressure like um, it's easy to do really well if you know what I mean.
0: I, I heard Matt Robinson say something on on a, a Mercer podcast recently, and and his whole thing was, "Man, I try not to care as much," which which kind of goes into that same yeah. feeling that that you're talking about. You know, it's it's not that we don't care, but or that you don't care, or that Matt does not care, but he tries to kind of just let things go more fluid rather than worry about what's going to happen and um do you think that it's just that freaking mental things going through your head
1: yeah i i really do 100 percent um because i remember back in when in younger in my career um i used to be one of these guys that that would go to every lake and and try and pre-practice and and find out as much information and get all this stuff in your head. And you're thinking about this and that and everything. And, and it hurt me like it really did. I don't do any of that stuff anymore. I go show up, find what the fish are doing now and roll with that. And, but, but what he was saying is so true. I mean, you just have to go with your instincts, your gut, and you just fish man, and and not think about all those other things and if something looks good you go over there and hit it like those those when you're in that mindset doing that like matt had an amazing year this year too yeah, And he did. I yeah and it's 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 the way it, i mean that's so true man i mean you you i'm telling you the bass fishing and i you have to keep it simple and i've i haven't always been that way but in the last few years man i have really kept it simple like um i don't I don't get caught up and in, in, I don't have, you know, just crazy amounts of tackle anymore. I keep the things that I have confidence in and I just go out there and keep it simple, try and figure out how to make the top 50 cut. And if it presents itself where I can win one, shoot, take advantage of it. That's you right. know?
0: That's right. All right. Last little question about your AOI run on the rookie of the year. And, and I don't know if I mentioned this in the pre. Pre show or not, but you finished fifth overall in the Angler year. Just a a, a fantastic year. Um, But closing out this Rookie of the Year title, you got Koya uh, bringing on the Heat. He wins Champlain. Um, Man, you're going into St. Lawrence, the final event. You've got lots of confidence there. Uh, Do you look over at Koya any turn the time and just like, you know, kind of give him that little death stare, like, dude, don't try this. This is my title. No,
1: I I definitely um, didn't give him any (laughs) death stares, but, but no, man. Um, You know, this, somebody asked me the other day or yesterday about like, what's the highlight of my season, you know, like, and, and of course I won too. And you think like, well, of course it'd be one of those wins. Well, it's really not because there was, it was like, I had that lead. It was like, I was Kyle Welcher or, you know, you know, Going in and have that big angler of the year, like trying to get it, trying to get it done. You know, one of those yeah. things, and the pre- and the pressure was so intense, like um it really was. Because it, and it's not angler of the year, it's rookie of the year, but still, it's like you only get one opportunity right. at this thing, man. That's right. And I, I'm sitting there with a 15 point lead, and um I don't know, man. I'm just, I just, I just, I really kept it together. I stuck with what I knew there. Yep. I knew fishing the river on the St. Lawrence river was not going to compete with the lake and win the tournament. Like I knew that. So our practice got cut down because they days. pushed us back on Champlain to two days. Yeah. And so I went out in the lake and I didn't find anything. Hmm. Um, I found one little area, but not that great. And the first day the, of the tournament, the wind blew. And I tried to go out there day two, couldn't catch him. And I just stuck to, and I ended up sticking to what I know in the river and and you can catch big bags in there but i i just i'm proud of myself for for hanging in there and and hanging around those areas and catching get good enough bites and catching big enough bags to get it done man i mean uh koya Fujita is i don't know he he is unbelievable i'm telling you he's going to win aoi <laughs> how, how multiple does guy times. come from
0: japan right how does a guy come from japan fish here one year in the opens and just, I mean, obviously lit it up. I think he had one out of the check at uh, at um, Ross Barnett, which is a tough place to get around. It, you know, whether you're from Japan or the United States, it's hard to drive around Ross Barnett Reservoir. And and then yeah. you know qualifies through the Northerns. Then, dude, five five freaking top tens his first Elite Series. Tw- <laughs> what
1: what what? <laughs> I'm his his style of fishing though, like the ultra finesse. And it is just so critical right now. And I think that's why I've done well this year too. Um, It's just, it's just, it fits everything we do and everywhere we go. I think you're going to see, I mean, you're already seeing it, but more finesse fishing, more guys that do that are going to excel in in bass fishing hands down just because it's just where, it's just where it's at right now with the, you know, with the forward facing sonar and the, the, the added pressure on the fish. I mean, there's no doubt that it, more fish are being caught because of that um and you've got to be they're just harder to catch i don't at any moment do i think that it's going to hurt fishing or bass fishing or anything like that i don't think it's going to hurt at all it's just it's just going to add pressure to these fish and they're going to be harder so he is going to do well man like and um, i I love the finesse fish too so you know maybe we'll continue this so joey's going to do well well, as, as
0: great as koya had of a year you finished on top. So, yeah. Enough that, said. Enough said. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Man, before we go to a break, you know, you talked a little bit, uh, mentioned Larry Nixon, Bass Hall of Famer uh, here in this podcast. I've heard him you mentioned throughout the years. I know that you guys used to be close. I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, when you were co-angling a little bit, kind of getting your, your feet wet looking at the FLW Tour at the time that – that that was kind of when you guys met, I think. But I, I, I want to hear a little bit of your backstory with Larry. Larry Nixon, Bass Fishing Hall of Famer. True legend in this game. Quote, unquote, the general, as he's called. Um, and what, what is it? How, how did you guys kind of start your relationship? You room now on the Elite Series. It had to be unbelievable that he got invited back to a Legends Exemption. Now you guys could room again together, right? Tell, tell me about this dynamic, you and Larry Nixon, please.
1: Sounds good. You oh you want to do it now or after? Oh yeah,
0: break? yeah. Yeah. let's do it now. We'll, and then we'll go to a uh, break afterwards.
1: Okay. Um yeah, so man, I in Growing up in life, like, didn't follow bass fishing. I, I had no idea there was even <laughs> a thing. And that's kind of crazy to some pe- people because a lot of these guys have done it their whole life, and they're, they they follow it since they were a kid, and they, yeah. you know, look up to all these fishermen. Well, I didn't. I wanted to be a professional baseball player. So I, one of my good friends in college um, there, when I moved to Arkansas, his dad was good friends with Larry. Okay. And me, me and him uh, started fishing some little local, you know, night tournaments and tournaments on Greer's Ferry Lake there in Arkansas a lot. And I kind of got closer to him. And as that happened, you know, Larry and a bunch of guys would meet up every week and they'd all hang out and talk fishing and stuff. So I got to hang out with Larry every once in a while. So it came to the point and, and where And you're I just thought, like this Larry guy, right? I mean, like, did yeah, you know well, – Yeah, no. I, yeah, not – I mean, until – he told me like, Hey, this is Larry Nixon. Like he's okay. So I started searching and and Googling and all that stuff. And I'm like, wow, yeah, this guy is huge. Like all that. I was watching the old mega bucks shows and like, I was just like, man, he's, he's the man, you know? So yeah, I kind of got starstruck there, started to. And so it was hard for me to ask Larry, like, Hey, I want to go fishing with you. But I told my buddy Logan, I said, I said, man, just, can you get me in the boat with them? Like just anything I can do to get in the boat, Larry. And, um, we ended up, um, I, at my last year in college, um, I had, I got done playing baseball and I started a little uh, with a couple other folks, a fishing pro college fishing team at Southern Arkansas university. And I did pretty well in those. And, um, Larry ended up asking uh, my buddy, like, Hey, does Joey want to travel with me on the, it would be the ever at the time. And it was Sam Rayburn, Toledo Ben, Sam Rayburn. And he, does he want to travel with me and fish? And I was about to go to the physical therapy school and I, I was talking to my dad and, and everybody there, all the buddies, they were like, Joey, you need to take this opportunity. Not very many people get a chance to. And right. so I did that. And uh, yeah, it's kind of how we got going. Uh, together cool. fishing
0: that is cool. yeah so so uh obviously he's yeah i mean he has to have been a great mentor uh throughout the years uh as you got to know him uh and and did you fish with him as you were a co-angler on the flw tour for a couple years too did you travel with him then
1: yeah yeah i did that one EverStart series and then i won one of those tournaments to co-angler in advance to qualified basically on the flw tour so i fished two years as a co-angler on the tour And then I think, I think that second year, you know, I won a tournament on Beaver Lake and I finished top 10 in the points. And I was like, I qualified to be, um, you know, a pro side. side. And so I said, Hey, it's time. Let's do it. So, yeah, we started traveling together and, and I did that, um, you know, I did that co-ing thing on the tour for two years. So, yep. So let's
0: say it's been, I don't know what, a decade now, right? You guys been buddies for 10 years or so?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd say so.
0: So over 10 years, if you could think of some of the top advice you've received from Larry that's helped you, put you (laughs) in kind of position where you are today, being a Bassmaster Elite Series angler, winning two Elite Series events, um, uh, the Rookie of the Year. uh, what, What do you, you know, if you were to mentor a young angler coming up right now, what would information that Larry passed on to you would you think was crazy important to pass on to a youth angler today or or a young angler trying to come up today?
1: Yeah, so I got – the best advice I can give is – you know, Larry slowed me down and I see a lot of young guys and kids out there fishing high school kids and, and, and listen, you know, there was Kevin Van Dam power fishing fast guy and there's a bunch of other, you know, Brian Thrift, they call him smoke or yep, I'll smoke yep. on the water. Ed like,
0: Edwin Evers, there, same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's times for that, but patience and slowing down, um, is what Larry did to me. I mean, he slowed me way down and being methodical and, uh, and, and I think those guys, you'll notice the guys that do, uh, you know, fish fast per se, they're very methodical at the same time. They do not leave anything behind. So, um, he taught me that. And, and that, that was what I would say to the, to the young kids coming up is, is try to, you know, just calm down. <laughs> I know you're excited. And you want to get out there and you want yeah. to go, go, yeah. go. But if you get in a good area where there's good fish, slow down and there's a reason they're there and there's more of them and pick it apart and have patience. And, um, I think, I think that's what helped me, you know, that seminal tournament, I mean, that with the last day going into the last day, Larry called me and he said, Joey, your fish are there. You're gonna, you're gonna do well. If they don't bite, you know, the first couple, three or four hours in the morning, just hang in there, be patient. And they'll, they'll probably bite in the afternoon for you and pick it apart and and you'll do fine. And, all the tournaments I fish now and one have had success, you know, like that's, that's what I did. And I mantra. think that's, yeah. yeah. And I know it's really simple, but it's so true. I mean, it, it really is. You got to be patient. I mean, sometimes these fish don't want to just eat for you, like when you want them to. And, um, so patience, man, patience. So so, so <laughs> if you're, if you, if you were Larry Nixon, if you were Larry Nixon and you're looking at your
0: buddy, Joey Suentes, joey just wins rookie of the year he's won two elite series events first year on the elite series what do you think yeah. what what is larry thinking about joey is he like man i i knew that kid when um i wasn't sure he'd get there where he is right now but man he's really what you know what what is larry thinking about joey
1: i never had anybody ask me that's a good question kurt um You know, I I think Larry's, he's really proud of me. I mean, obviously, you know, he's, um, he's proud of me. Um, I think he feels really good that he could pass the torch per se onto a guy. Um, you know, because Larry's, you know, he's, I mean, there's just no secret. Like he's, he's getting towards the end of his career. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's definitely getting towards the end of his career and, and I think it just I think it makes him really proud. I mean, Larry's been like a dad to me for sure. So cool. Uh, he's taught me more than just fishing. And um and so, you know, I don't know what else to say but that, Kurt. I mean he's That's he's cool, just man. proud. And he and he, he knows that, you know, Larry told me through for the past four or five years, he's like, Joe, you gotta win, man. You gotta win. And and he kept telling me that all the time, like every turn. He's like, Joe, you gotta win, you gotta win, you gotta win. And so He's he's pumped for me, man, and, and I did that's that, cool. and he's like he's got it now. I mean, I'm I've done well, so he's he's happy for me, dude. You
0: said a lot in words right there, but you said a whole lot in your reaction, and, and uh, it's it's uh, you're glowing. I'm sure Larry's glowing because that's where I think that emotion comes through, and I think that's super cool. But man, you gotta you gotta love the friendships uh, built in the sport of bass fishing. Um, we're gonna pause for a quick break. First, got to give a special shout out to Bass Pro Shops, associate partner in this future angler spotlight segment. Bass Pro Shops, reminding you, we all live downstream. We're gonna be right back with more from the cowboy, Joey Swintez. Plenty of sunshine. Come on, man, let's roll! What the? To catch the fish?
1: You need to be one with
0: the fish. With PowerPole Shallow Water Anchors, you'll get the ultimate in precision, power, and control, so you can catch more fish. No face paint or phony fins necessary.
1: Excessive shock and vibration are two leading causes for premature battery failure. Prolong the life of your batteries with the
0: new MegaWare Battery Guard. The battery guard sits under your battery and absorbs excessive vibration and bounce, reducing G-Shock by up to 80%. Great for boats or anywhere shock and vibration can damage a battery. The battery guard can easily be trimmed to fit virtually any custom shape or battery size. Save money by protecting your batteries. Spend more time on the water and less on maintenance. Find yours at MegaWare.com. All right, right back at it. Joe says your feature angler spotlight. 2023 Rookie of the Year on the BAS Elite Series. Joey, I know you're on the road. I appreciate you stopping for us to uh, break down this interview here on Bass Edge. But before we let you go, i got a few more questions. Man, looking back at your career... You've kind of had uh, some great success and a few kind of mediocre times throughout. And I think most anglers do. It's very few that can really, you know, stay on top at that upper echelon. But how are you going to parlay this 2023 success into 2024?
1: Um you know, I mean, stay confident, stay fishing. Uh, I'm going to fish in the off season a little bit. I, I like to take a break from it, uh, to be honest with you. I like to do some hunting and, uh, you know, get away from it, set the rods down. But, but yeah, you know, you just, you just stay, keep that confidence and, and roll into the next year. Um, I got, I'm so excited, Kurt, to fish the Bassmaster Classic, man. Like I can't, I, I you said it earlier. I mean, that tournament is, is so unbelievably huge that, so anyways, but yeah, Dan, just just uh, stay fishing. Uh, Larry always told me to, you know, it's like any other sport. You got to stay with the fish. You got to be catching all the time. So I'm going to be doing that, I'm doing some crappie fishing, do a little of that, and uh, uh, get, you know, look at the schedule. Maybe, um, hopefully, it's it's pretty good. I don't know yet. hadn't seen it, sure, but uh, sure. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Have you, have you heard any rumors yet? Any rumors out there on schedules? I know there's always a couple venues.
1: Oh, yeah. I've heard. I've heard several rumors. Uh Harris Chain, St. John's, Toledo Bend going back to um the St. Lawrence River. Um I don't I haven't really heard anything else besides that, but um I think a few places we haven't been before maybe or a place we haven't been before maybe in a long time or something, but uh cool. but yeah, there's always rumors, but I I want to see the official one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, what's your
0: take? We talked a little bit about forward-facing sonar finesse fishing you really felt like that's gonna you know kind of continue to be and maybe become more of a trend that we continue seeing here on the on the tournament trails Uh, three things that you know some things that you might try to want to improve on yourself you know things that you keep cognizant to be fundamentally sound in but what are three things you think really takes to be a successful angler Uh, moving into
1: 2024 um yeah i think you know nowadays back when i started fishing um like the flw tour as a pro you know i always had guys say joey you need to be really good at one thing um and i don't i i think you need to be as versatile as possible so the guys that can you know, run up shallow and fish and then run out deep or, and then, you know, or, or do some, um, heavy flipping or whatever, just be, I think versatility is, is going to be key, obviously, because we go to such diverse places anyway, and you have to be able to finesse fish and you have to be able to power fish. I mean, and I I enjoy doing all those things. Um, I would actually rather be throwing a you know, a bladed jig out there than right. sitting there looking at my, my sonar. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm, right. not gonna, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I would rather do those things. we throwing a topwater bait or something. So uh, being versatile, um, you know, I guess that kind of sums up the three, but um, I think another thing too, on the mental side is, you know, I look at Kyle Welcher and his kind of background, like the, the poker player thing, like, right you can't be afraid to take a chance or afraid to fail or take a risk, you know, like running out there someplace that nobody else is at and doing something like that. So a guy that does that is going to be successful. You think that's uh, a deal? We're just
0: getting away from the pressure a little bit, getting away from, you know, other anglers that have been casting around for months on end on particular bodies of water. Is that, is that the deal with that?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, a hundred percent, you know, you look at, you look at the the last tournament here we had that Patrick Walters won i mean yep. you know those fish out there just out in the lake they just don't get touched as much so and and you know going into like the seminal tournament those fish out there every the fish were really starting to move towards the bank and so everybody right. was zoned in on that and and um so you know you might you might try and I, I wanted to find those fish more pre-spawn there and so i really stuck with that until i found it so yeah, I think that's, um, you know, doing something a little different like that, you're going to see some success. A little out of the box. Got it. All right, uh, pre-practice.
0: Will you hit Grand Lake this winter? How many days do you think you spend over there in Oklahoma sniffing around the classic waters?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. Yeah. I, I Like I said earlier, I usually don't do a lot of pre-practice stuff. But that time of year, I've been on that lake several times. I've fished in many tournaments there. Um there's going to be structure type things that are going to be very important to have and to be checking. Um, so, so yes, I'm going to probably spend, I don't know, maybe, maybe three or four trips or three trips or so. Um, I think, um, you know, I got to be off the water by the end of December 31st, you know, the last day of the year. So I'm definitely going to go over there maybe two or three times and, and just, Pretty, probably not even fish. I'm just going to be doing some idling around and marking and, and looking at different things.
0: Very cool. Very cool. You you mentioned you're not a pre-practice guy. I feel like over the last couple of years, especially with this kind of young angler trend that, that we're seeing over the last, I would say, three years, really strong, that the pre-practice deal, those, those young guys, man, they're getting out there a lot and looking – And spending a lot of time on these bodies of water, you know, within the rules, in a pre-practice standpoint, before official practice, just getting to know the venues. I think there's a lot of guys on the BBT as well that have been spending more and more time pre-practicing, getting very, very intimate with, with some of these uh, you know, venues that we see on, on the uh, tournament trails over and over year after year. Do you feel like that is something that is is uh, true as well? Something that, and, and do you feel like you'll put in more pre-practice time as, uh, you know, as you may see fit going forward?
1: Yeah, so I think it works well with, depending on your situation. Um, okay. I, uh, you know, the young guys that are, don't have a family and they're not married and like, I've got, I got two kids, um, and another one on the way, (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, man, actually, I'll just go ahead and say it. Me and my wife actually lost the, lost the baby on that. I was, uh, and I, I, it's not a big deal, you know, I mean, life happens and, um, you know, everybody's, a lot of people have gone through that. So I was just going to throw that out there, but, um, I hate to hear yeah, that. That uh, happened to my mother twice, actually. Um, not
0: that I want to. We need to really kind of dive into that at all, but uh, right, man, it's just
1: unfortunate. But
0: you're, you know, it, it happens for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, the the guys that the young guys, man, that don't have families and and do all that, like they um they they can get away with it and uh, and spend that extra time and and do that, and they're very good, and I think that's great. And and then you know, for me though, even if I feel like I tried that like before I had a family started stuff and it, it just gives me a lot of kind of preconceived ideas and things that I think about, like, Hey, I caught them over here and practice pre-practice. And and then I just kind of narrow instead of keeping an open mind and it just doesn't work for me. I, I, I don't, you know i don't like it i, I don't yeah, yeah. one thing it's one thing to r- idle around you know like this the lake ontario and the st lawrence river and maybe go look for some big rocks where some fish could live yeah, on yeah um structure stuff like that that's very beneficial um, is that kind of what you would be
0: looking at for a grand like brush piles rocky z- zones you know things yeah, such as yeah, that so, nature
1: right stuff like that um you know and instead of fishing you know because uh, you, you kind of think like, man, I caught a five pounder over there. And then like right, maybe right. at some point, some point in the day, you you go over there and run at it and there's nothing there. Um, and, and you, you could go have again maybe, and again, <laughs> you, you may have seen a tree or something over there on the bank and you went over there and flipped it lay down and you catch a five pounder off of it. And then you wouldn't have, or you wouldn't have seen that tree. You know, if you went over there and did that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know. It's just uh it's just not for me. Some guys are, are great at it and, and they do it. Yeah. I don't know. It's different for everybody. Yeah, absolutely
0: agreed. Absolutely agreed. Okay. Uh let's let's roll into the nickname, the cowboy nickname, and how did it begin? Who who teed you up with that? And um you know, kinda get get into the origination. Obviously your headwear. Simple, simple deal right yeah. there. But you right. know, it had to evolve out of something, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, man, I I was born uh around farming, fam, uh, cattle, my whole life. Um, okay. Even while I was raised in Florida, we we didn't live on the beach. You know, everybody thinks of the beach when you go to Florida. There's a lot of cattle farmers. Uh, some of the biggest ranches in the world are you know yeah. in in Florida in the United States and. Um, so I was around that a lot. I, I was some of my dad's good buddies, I, I was raised around. They were big cattle farmers. And uh, so anyways, when I moved to Arkansas, uh, I got we started a cattle farm there, kind of family thing. I took it over. Um, I've always loved, enjoyed wearing my cowboy hat when I was on the farm, working on the farm. I didn't you know, wear it everywhere I went. But um, I ended up getting, um, a, a guy came into town and He started a, a truck dealership and it was called Cowboy Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. I saw, I saw and that, so, yeah. Yeah. So I went up to those guys and I actually, the first time I met him, I was wearing my hat. I walked in there and um was talking to them about doing a small a truck sponsorship for me, you know, on tour, and they were they were excited about it. And the owner of that, he said, Joey, why aren't you wearing your hat while you're fishing? And I was like, I don't know i don't wear my cowboy hat fishing you know i mean every once in a while maybe There's like when i'm on you know, right, right, right yeah fun fishing or something like that and you know honestly i thought about it and i thought you know this industry in fishing like most everybody looks the same and and so it was a it was just as much as a marketing move for me uh because you have to set yourself apart. I mean, I think that's good advice for any of the younger kids out there. You know, I'm not saying you need to go get some crazy hat and wear it. You do, you do (laughs) you. I mean, this is, this is me. I don't just wear the hat for fun. Um, But I did, I did start wearing it fishing and it's, and it's been really good for me because it's, you know, gave me the nickname and and all that stuff. And, um, and I love it anyway. It keeps the sun off me and I just love wearing my hat. So it's, that's kind of the back,
0: the backstory on that. So it, was, so it was originally from the dealership, and they were like, dude, wow, aren't you wearing your hat fishing? That was it. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. boom, that yep. was the cowboy on the lake. <laughs> yeah. He was riding, yep. riding bass boats instead of bulls. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, man, there is a last question right here. I've been watching, tuned into live pretty strong, man. It was just a lot of fun to watch Champlain and St. Lawrence over the last two weeks. And um, a lot of rumblings on the Elite Series. I hear a lot of anglers talking about this on live. Um, man, the forward-facing sonar deal, right? Is is, yeah. is how much is too much? Um, what's your opinion on forward-facing sonar? Is it hurting the sport, helping the sport, and and not really? I, I don't know if that's probably the right vocabulary to use, hurt or help, but but um, you know, do you think there should be some limitations to it? Um, I, I've even heard some some talk about you know, maybe limiting how many inches of screen you can have on your boat and how many sonars you can have on your boat? What's your thought process on this?
1: Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, I am sick and tired of hearing about, the and especially the guys on live and a lot of people that I know that watch it, about yeah. them saying this and that about forward-facing sonar. Um, I think a lot of those individuals are guys that haven't, maybe or maybe they started without it they're kind of more in that old not older but they're just not all in on it and they're, they're not, not accepting
0: the new technology as well they're not right? accepting
1: the two, the new technology and it really gets me frustrated because you know this thing's been out a while it, yep. it, it's very simple to use everybody can have it on their boat i do not think it hurts fisheries um it does make pressure it makes fish harder to catch um and and I just like I said, man, I just don't I don't think it's I don't think it's bad. I don't think they need to limit it. Um it is what it is. I mean yeah. it, if if people don't like it, like you know, what about when we had side scan when when Sidescan came out or or any of the other tools? It's just a tool to catch more fish. And um and, you know, you either embrace it or you don't and you get beat. And I mean, I, I don't I don't want to sound, you know, too bad on that, but right, that's right, just right. how I feel about it. I mean, yeah. it's um like I said earlier, I don't enjoy, you know, sitting there turning my foot pedal around and looking, but you got to do it. We have it. We got to use it. And it, it's it's going to go. I mean, you know, th- new things are going to come out. People are yeah. always going to say stuff about new stuff and should we limit this and that? But you know, you look at professional sports. There's been rule changes and new things that's happened, right. and there's always grumbling and stuff about it at first. And and I just, I don't know. I just, I, I still hear the guys talking about it. Some of them, and you know, I mean, just get over it. Use it. Figure it out. And if you don't well, like it, don't. I mean, look at look at John Cox. I mean, I know he's an exception, really, right, but like right, right. he does what he does, and it's still the exception. Know, I mean, yeah, it's
0: yeah. He's yeah, top
1: ten in the points, man. I think he finished probably top ten in the points this year. I don't know, but he may have fell out a little bit. But he was in the top ten all year fishing shallow. So, um, stop making excuses and, and go get it done. I, like <laughs> I it. don't know what I like to say. It. I like
0: it. I like it. That, that's You know, you never know from the outside, you know you're sitting there around the tanks with 40 other guys getting way ready to weigh fish and, and you see guys at the ramp and you never kind of really know what the, the, uh, vibe is of the group until somebody will, you know, until you ask somebody and say, Hey man, what's your thought? And what do you feel like the vibe is? It sounds like there's maybe a few guys, you know, whining about it. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but, um, it's not necessarily like a full throttle elite series uh, angler thought process that there needs to be some kind of regulation on this deal.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, just there's nothing to me that seems like there needs to be. I mean, like I said, there's going to be something. If you, we never would have thought we'd ever had forward facing sonar. So there's going to be never. something yeah. else that's going to be like, oh my goodness, this is overboard. You know, like. But the guys, I mean, you look at all the top guys, man, they're taking advantage of it and they're using it and they're doing well. And that's just, that's just the evolution of bass fishing, you know, the way it's gone and, and you got to embrace it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Joey, man, Thank you so much for bringing this to us, man. We've been on the phone for about forty, or on, on the show here about forty five minutes with you. I, I thank you so much for bringing the time and pulling over and, and having a great interview yeah. with us here at Bass Edge Radio. Do you have any kind of final thoughts or closing closing statements for for the you know the Bass Edge listeners out there, or uh, um, you know to close out the interview here?
1: Um, man, I just I just want to say like like the one thing that that really blew me away this year was the fans in the bass master and, and all the bass fishing fans for mlf bass like the the people are awesome man we we have got i mean this st lawrence river tournament which had there was so many people there i i never would have dreamed the amount of people like reaching out to me and and the support and from all the the, the fan i mean there's just so many fans of bass fishing and it's it's really cool man i mean it, it's just the coolest thing ever in my life. I love it. Um, and I look so much forward to, to the pre the next years coming up and hopefully we can do well and keep, you know, yeah. hopefully winning some tournaments, man. I, I made, I set some goals this year. That's something else I was going to say. Like, I think it's really important that you guys write down your goals. If you want to achieve them. my dad told me this when I was growing up, if you, you have to physically write them down, put them up somewhere and so you see them every day, and if you remind yourself of that and you keep working towards it, you can do anything you want. You can achieve any of those goals, and I've done that this year, and I, I'm I'm living proof for that. And uh, so, you know, stay positive, positive mental attitude. Gerald Swindle, like he's got to – watch him, man. He'll tell you, like, yeah. you have to be like that. So um, to be successful and 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 live the dream, you know, doing this. Anybody can do it. Um, anybody you know these people kids growing up coming into bass fishing like you can do it you know you just gotta you gotta be able to take a chance and and um and go after your dreams and and shoot you can you can get it done so appreciate that. you having me on
0: absolutely joey man thanks so much thanks again for stopping congratulations on your rookie of the year safe travels back to arkansas and uh, have a great it. winter great off season we'll see you next year in the bass master Elite series and particularly at that Bassmaster Classic. Joey Swinton, Bass Edge Radio. Take care, buddy. Safe travels. Appreciate you. See ya. Nitro, a rush of tournament adrenaline. Nitro, the choice of champions. Where performance meets play. A big water beast, a pure fishing machine. Nitro, release the champion within. Nobody wants to run out of power
1: when they're on the water. There is a better way. Introducing the Charge Marine Power Management Station from PowerPole that does the work of three devices, a traditional battery charger, a charge on the run, and an emergency start system. PowerPole Charge. Here
0: we are. Here we are, man. Great to be back. This last segment of this episode, this September 1 episode of Mass Edge Radio. Man, a big shout-out again, Joey Swinton. (laughs) Rookie of the Year, Bassmaster Elite Series, two-time champion. Man, how things can just turn around so quickly. Um, We we talk about it all the time here at Bass Edge, but uh, the mental aspect of the game, really, really important. Um, Joey, obviously, uh, has a a portion of that uh, mastered. At this moment, and uh, hopefully he continues to ride that wave. Um, but he talked some about how you know he struggled and um, how he wasn't able to close the door in a couple of events, which which really led him to understand a little bit better mentally and in in strategy how to close the door. Uh, as he does that twice this year on the elite series with wins at Lake Seminole, win at Saint Clair, and of course the rookie of the year award for 2023 and finishing fifth place again overall in the angler of the year just a a phenomenal deal um we didn't talk a whole lot of details i think this episode about just like immediate education but you know if you kind of break down some of the things that joey uh the way he approaches the game the way he uh you know some of the advice that he gave about slowing down um, kind of really, I think comes back to being confident about an area you choose to fish. Maybe where you've gotten a few bites. There's probably a lot more fish in an area than we really ever understand. Um, for example, I feel like if you're if you're out in an area catching 20 or 30 fish a day, there's you know hundreds of them around. Or or maybe if you're out in an area catching you know three or four really big ones, you know, in a zone that that there's probably some other you know 10 or 15 other big ones you know around most likely so a uh, slowing down big deal there for joey and uh man taking that knowledge from larry nixon how cool is that that uh didn't really know a whole lot about the angling game bass fishing personalities or or legends i guess uh, you might say uh, of the sport obviously in larry nixon's case a definite legend of the sport and um Then, uh, just kind of mentoring Joey along the way and, uh, Joey being able to absorb that and, uh, and, um, you know, put that into his own program. So uh, that was, that was super cool to hear too. And then finally, just, you know, some, some final thoughts on that Ford face and sonar deal. Obviously Joey's got a great perspective, um, bring it in, but, but he's right. and, And I get it. You know, there's a lot of guys that keep talking about it, particularly on Bassmaster live. And that's why I brought it up in this episode of Bass Edge radio. I've talked about it one or two other times here of recent um, I think in the uh, August, or excuse me, yeah, the August 15 episode and the August one, because it seemed like it really comes in to uh, a lot of chatter toward the end of the year, uh, which you know might be interesting as from a timing perspective when anglers are are uh, you know disgruntled or, or want to see some things change for the following year. But man, for for me with the forward facing deal, I think it's I think it's good for the sport. I think it brings another level of of technology and skill uh dude you don't just drop that thing in the water and just start catching fish believe that so uh but um I, i do think it would be nice because many anglers try to emulate what's happening on national tours that um if they had an you know inch per inch uh limit let's say it was 48 inch limit you know that would be like four 12-inch screens or 52-inch limit, you know, uh, whatever, you know, maybe some kind of inch limit on your graphs that, that you can have on your boat. It, it would just kind of help, uh, I think, you know, people upcoming in the sport and maybe not, you know. But, again, you know, it's a top layer of the sport. Um, you know, we, we don't have the same equipment that they have in National Football League that they do at the little peewee league or or the high school game you know it's different it's a different deal because it's on a professional level so anyway there's a lot of thought process in that whole deal but um man again thanks joey suentes just driving back from new york claiming that rookie of the year title pulling off on the side of the road doing an interview with us here at bass edge man i tell you what upcoming events there is there's one upcoming event um in this next uh couple weeks here before our next episode which will air on september 15 and it is the seventh stop of the Bassmaster opens the eq qualifiers uh if you haven't listened to the interview with um jt tompkins we did an interview with him a couple episodes ago so be sure you check that out and um our last episode uh was with matt stefan uh the Mississippi river champion with the MLF invitationals and new bass pro tour angler for 2024. Make sure if you haven't listened to those two episodes, run back, check them out uh, again. That's the Matt Stefan, August 15 and JT Tompkins. The current Bassmaster opens points leader was our August 1st and, and he's going to be back on the water, checking it out. Watts bar reservoir. What to expect, man. Mid-September in Tennessee. Rough. It's gonna be rough. Fish is gonna to be tough. It's gonna to be it's gonna be a a low weight tournament. You're gonna to see guys that can that can figure out how to put together a limit rise to the top on this deal because I I've, I know Watts Bar hasn't been a great fishery uh, over the last many years. They had a Bass Pro Tour event there two years ago. You could see the weights even from that event, and that was a all. All-you-can-catch-away-and-release tournament. I think it was a 14-inch limit. And even the weights there weren't that high. If you re- remember, Ryan Salzman actually won that tournament on the dam. Um, and it was kind of a, a late spring, early summer event. So uh, it's going to be even tougher in mid-September. I'm going to look for guys forward-facing sonar. Uh, obviously around bait, schooling fish is going to be really critical. Uh, there's going to be some guys catching fish around brush piles with finesse techniques, drop shot, shaky head. Um, the, the wild card is can the river come into play? Can you run up the river, get into some of that moving water? This time of year, the water's still warm. That moving water is going to have high oxygenation content, be a slight bit cooler, just because it's constantly moving up there in the upper reaches of that lake. So uh, can the river play during this event? I think those are going to be the three things to look for. It's going to be fun to watch Watts Bar, September 13 through 15, Bassmaster opens. Man. Another fun episode here of Bass Edge Radio, the September 1 edition, episode 307. Another big shout out to our partners, Megaware Keel Guard, Mercury, Nitro Boats, Power Pole. Thanks to Bass Pro Shops. Man, it has just been a lot of fun. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Go ahead. Do-do-do. Click that subscribe button. Make sure you leave us a comment below. Let us know what you want to hear on future episodes of Bass Edge Radio. And, man, that's about it. We're out. Adios next time. So long, everybody.